Hey everybody, welcome. My name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted and all their excellent adventures, including the newly released Face the Music and how bogus the second journey really is. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the post credit Podcast. Did you know that they were um, bogus journey? Did you know that Bogus Journey was done right after Point Break? Really? Yeah. If you look at if you look at Point Break, if you look at the end, of, do you remember the end scene when uh, he goes to Australia, which was really out, like somewhere in Oregon? <laughs> yeah. But he goes to Australia to find Bodie. Remember Bodie got yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he finds him in uh, he finds him in Australia, and he's catching that big wave, and he has that certain length of hair where it's like real long, but not really in the back. Yeah. It's the same haircut he has from Bogus Bogus Journey. Oh. And uh, so I don't know if maybe he had gone back to do a reshoot or just, that's just how long his hair got by the end of the, the Point Break shoot. But, yeah, that was filmed uh, right uh, after Point Break is when he did Bogus Journey. And you could tell, too, because, like, his facial expressions have changed. Like, he was a kid. Even though he wasn't a kid, he was a kid in an excellent adventure. But he had like done so much growing up in between. Them. Well, yeah, because this is really his first film, right? With uh, excellent Reeves. adventure. Uh, yeah, like his first like main him and main Alex strain. Winters because the the directors and the creators of this movie has actually stated that they found those two in the front of a McDonald's. Well, I heard that, but then I heard that I that might true, yeah right? I heard I that just... that might be urban legend as well because from what I heard is that uh, the, what what they say is that basically they both auditioned and they auditioned for separate roles so or opposite roles yeah like so one for, Keanu Reeves auditioned for Bill, for Bill yeah. and Alex Winter auditioned for Ted and not they, that it really matters if you no, think about it well, both those, yeah, they're the those same roles person. are really the same exact person yeah but I mean they you know they. Uh, they auditioned for the 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 opposite roles, and even right up until when they went in to you know start doing the filming and 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 all that kind of stuff. Then that, it was only then that they found out that they had gotten you know different roles. You know when they went and got fitted or yeah. whatever it may be. I mean, really, like I said, I mean they exactly you know those characters are exactly the same people. I mean, the only difference is is the uh, family home situation, and even that ends up melding later on. Yeah. And you know, Alex Winter had done Lost Boys. Was this before? Yeah, because that was in eighty six. Eighty seven. Right? Eighty seven was Lost Boys. Yeah, eighty nine when it came out. Was the first. Yeah. And okay. eighty nine would, but I think they filmed it in eighty seven because, um, well, let's get into this. So what we're talking about today, we're talking about the Bill and Ted movie. Obviously, there's a new uh, Bill and Ted coming out. It's called Bill and Ted Face the Music. It actually just came out this weekend. And um, we wanted to, uh, you know, watch that and then uh, talk about all these other movies. Um, were these as good for you uh, as as you remember them being, or did you, do you think they lost a little bit? It, it, it slowly. It was, uh, you know, the term, you know, muddy waters, you know, that kind of thing. It just started getting muddier and muddier. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't its pure form like in the first one. You know, part two just got a little muddier, and then part three it just was uh, pretty much. Went, it looked like they were trying way too hard in part three to recreate what they did in part one. Yeah, as easy as you would think uh, that Keanu Reeves' Ted would be to to do because it's, 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 I mean, it's so close to like kind of his cadence of talking and different things like that. 
Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, had commented and make the jokes and stuff that anything that he'd done after that was basically just Ted. You know, he was trying to escape that Tedness that, that right. he had about his cadence of talking and everything. But well, he actually said he he, he said when 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 his uh, when he passes away and his epitaph. Uh, he wanted to say, here lies Keanu Reeves, he played Ted. Yeah, and you I know? want to show him pictures of himself as Neo and as John Wick and say, okay, Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or Jack, for me personally, Jack Travin from uh, Speed. Yeah. You know, or Johnny Utah from Point Break. Well, you know, and he, he, but I mean, again, this was our first introduction to really, you know, to Keanu Reeves and, and you know Alex Winters is, he'd done what a movie or two before that but that's but, what I was saying is that they, they it was done in 87 but then the company that had shot it and you know there are tons of videos out there you guys can go watch we're not going to go over it too much but you know basically what happened is the the, 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 the company who had originally done it uh, went bankrupt and so the property went you know got shifted around for a couple of years so it actually got yeah. released two years after it was actually done and um, if you'll notice, there's some dubbing that happens in the movie where um, where Alex's winter Alex Winter's character says 1988, and uh, the original line was 1987 because that's yeah. when they were you know filming it and everything. So they had to go back in there and dub it as 1988 because it was two years well, later. Do, do, do you think movies like this that deal with time, you know, especially you know even com- uh, you know comedies like this, you know, do do you think that the, in they have to have somebody m- meticulously watch this these movies? To you know, make sure that the the time frame is right, you know, and they, they don't slip up and, and you know release you know certain times and things like that, you know, and, and catch certain things. Do you think? Do you think in movies doing time pieces like this, you know, there's a, a struggle in a way where you have to really really watch this movie and you really have to kind of edit it like extremely well. So that it doesn't, because you know people will catch little things, mm-hmm. you know, like oh wait, wait a minute, okay, that that kind of car wasn't around at this time period, or, or what have you, you know what I mean? And it, yeah, maybe, <clears throat> and I think they had to. I mean, obviously they're, they 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 kind of had to just roll with what they had. This was two years after they filmed it, so maybe there's some new things out here and there and everything, but. You know, they had a whole movie film, so anything kind of references that, like I said, with them actually saying the year, yeah, they had to dub it because that would right. be confusing. But well, I think what, what I mean just, is, is like, like, do you think a lot of these timepieces movies really have to deal with this? You know where they got to really edit it. You know very well. You know like Quantum Leap or something like that. Are I you talking about just based on when they're filmed, or 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 are you talking about their time travel rules for the, that? Their the, the rules. You know. Oh, okay. So yeah, I want to. I, I I did want to get into that the, uh, the the time travel rules because um, it's very vague and you know uh, bogus journey at the end of that that at, it kind of. That takes the rules, the, the the very little rules they had to begin with, and kind of throws it out the window. Which and we're, we we're into, but right, and we're going to really attack attack that situation like we did with the vampires. You know how each movie does vampires differently, just like with each movie does time and has time rules differently. Right, and the way you and I talk about movies is we yeah. like to dive in like they're a real world because when we watch movies, which we know they're not, which right. we know they're not, and we we even though you know our parents, you know, always wondered if we thought that they were the real world, the way we used to talk about them but it's just that uh i i think you get more i don't know that's just how you and i like to talk about movies we put ourselves like when we're watching the movies we put ourselves into that movie we don't like anybody talking during the movies because we put ourselves into that movie and we are in that world believing everything in that world 
Um, right. And right. so when so when they go against their own rules, that's when it kind of takes it out. Right. Right. Well, and and you know having having certain rules, you know, a lot a lot of shows get away with it by by basically saying, you know, you can't change the past no matter what you do. You know, I, I'm just trying to think of some some off the top of my head that do that. That that uh, basically it doesn't matter what you do, you won't be able to change the 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 present because it's linear rather than uh you know uh what's the other one uh because they have linear and then i don't know but you know one one that three-dimensional yeah three-dimensional yeah whatever but but you know a lot of these movies that they will try basically how they take the easy way out and just say you know no matter what you do in the past you won't change the future yeah and a lot of movies that they bend over backwards to explain they they focus real hard on the rules that they they have you know and and trying to explain how time travel works whether it's avengers or back to the future or whatever it may be this one gloriously just kind of wings it it just it puts out you know it has one it does have one specific rule that they stayed out but like i said then yeah. that, that kind of just gets thrown out at the end of bogus journey but which we'll get to but the you know the, the 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 they don't really have that many rules the one rule that they have is um when they time travel they ha- they still have a certain amount of time yeah to get to their report right it so, never changes yeah so he says you know this is the clock in san dimas and this san dimas clock is always running yeah. And so I took it as okay, they are from that time. So when they start tra- time traveling, they they only have that amount of like like their own personal the ones, time continues to go. Right. So when they're going through time, that time in San Diego, so they can't go and go do something for 5 years and then travel back to their time like 2 minutes after they left. Right. Although in Bogus Journey that's thrown out the window because they leave for how many months and do like an uh, an accelerated music program so they can actually learn their <laughs> instruments. Play, yeah, yeah. So they're like, we still don't know how to play our instruments. Well, wait a minute. They jump in the time machine. It goes and immediately comes back, and they've been gone for so long. It's like, well, what happened to that clock that was running? You know, they had to get to their report in a certain amount of time in the first movie, and in Bogus Journey. They got into the thing and they just left and they came back months and months later, even though it was a split second later. So kind of went against their own rules. But, you know, like I said, this is Bill and Ted, so I think we can let it go. (laughs) Well, and I get that. But I get I I get that whole thing, you know, especially with the rules and stuff. But but again, you know, it it just it goes to the fact that, like I was talking about before, that where it just kind of gets muddy. It gets lazier and lazier as it goes on, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing all these these ratings, you know, especially for the third one, this newer one that just came out. And people are just, oh, man, this is amazing. This is great film. This is old, you know, Bill and Ted, blah, blah, blah. It was blah. better than Bogus Journey. Well, yeah. But at the same time, it, to me, I, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I just think it just got worse and worse as it goes on. I mean. The, the newer one, fine, but it just, again, you know, try to pull out the same type of ideals and, you know, why would you, you know, get in the old rusty uh, uh, phone booth when you can just get in a brand new one or, you know, hijack some uh, emotionally unstable robot to uh, be able to teleport you throughout time? That robot was funny. Well, we'll start with Excellent Adventure. So, as we said, you know, this movie came out in 1989, uh, but it started filming in, in 87, and uh, before, like I said, before I got delayed and shelved for a couple of years, um, but it was actually written well before another time travel movie in that decade um, called to Back future. to the Future. 
And so when you see, like, there's a lot of things that maybe they copied or whatever. Like the original Bill and Ted script, you know, they were supposed to be riding in a van because, you know, they're a band. And so, you know, band, bands have crappy rundown bands. To be honest with you. But, like I said, you know, this started filming in 87. And by that time, Back to the Future had come out and was already doing sequels and all this kind of stuff. So they're like, well, they have the DeLorean. We can't do a van. So instead of ripping off Back to the Future, they decided to rip off Doctor Who and yeah. use a phone box because the uh, Doctor Who, uh, the Doctor in that, he uses uh, a TARDIS, but it's disguised um, while the Doctor has it as a police phone booth from England. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they, these booths that uh, the police used to use whenever there was some crazy stuff going out. They would call for backup with the police phone booth or whatever. So that's what that was. I think that they figured, because Doctor Who hadn't really made it over here, except for, you know, maybe a little bit of syndication, but it wasn't really popular and anything. So I think they thought that they could just, you know, maybe steal that idea and nobody would notice a time-traveling phone booth. I don't Yeah, but, you know, the the again, like you said, you know, just... The fact that it really, you know, Doctor Who hadn't really got uh, over here and it hadn't popped off. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people that knew it. I mean, I knew of Doctor Who when I was a kid. You know, yeah, but, I think it played on PBS, right? Yeah, something like that. But it's, it's, you know, not it wasn't very popular. So, you know, them ripping that idea off, probably nobody really noticed except for people that, you know, are from England or are huge, you know, Doctor Who fans. But uh, And our we, mom we, is from England, so that's right. how we knew it. And I'm also a, a big Doctor Who fan, as you are, as the same. Love so. it. But but you know it's it's again I, it would make a lot more sense by using a van. But I mean I understand they don't want to kind of cross with uh, Back to the Future, but it just makes more sense. Streams. Yeah, definitely don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> the I I feel like it was. It was barely written well, if that makes sense, the way I'm looking at it. Like, it, it got <laughs> extremely close to being a, a horrible movie. I mean, it didn't really make it any a lot of money at first when it first came out. You know what I mean? It's more of like a cult classic than anything. But the fact that um, it is a cult classic still, you know, it, it, at the time, you know, it, it got really close to not being a very good movie. You know what I mean, and and if you look at it, there's 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 uh, some some classic actors in there. I mean, George, look at George Carlin. Like they they were actually trying to shoot to have more of like an Anthony Hopkins, more of a serious older gentleman type well, I think uh, they had, actor. Uh, Sean Connery, Sean as well, Connery, yeah. Too. They wanted to get him in there. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. You know, they they wanted to have more of a serious role to play Rufus. Um, you, you know, you know what I mean. It, it, it they just. They, they wanted to kind of keep it a little bit serious, but again... Well, they going, just at least wanted some prestige in the movie. Yeah, yeah, but but having George Carlin, I don't think this movie would have been as successful without George Carlin. I mean, he, he wasn't in it a ton, but again, you know, he, he just... When you think of this movie, you do think of, you know, Bill and Ted, which is staple, but, you know, you think of Rufus, you know what I mean, and, and death. Rufus! Yeah, <laughs> But I mean, if if you think about it, really in the first one, you know, he's really not in it too god awful long. You know, I mean, he's he's in it, a scene here, scene there, and he's very quiet, and he's he doesn't act 
uh, really funny if you notice if you know throughout the movie he's he does kind of still play a serious role well, that's as the a inversion athlete. right so they, yeah. they had an inversion here usually you have characters like bill and ted they're the color for normal movies you know when i say color you know they're like the ones that pop they have like these little comedic moments or whatever and then you have the straight man you know the the, the person that's experiencing this like the audience would experience it right 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 so you had Bill and Ted, who would usually be like the color characters, the side characters. Now they're going to be the main characters. They're they're kind of the straight men, even though they're funny. They're experiencing all this and everything. So then you have to have the serious people, like Ted's dad or Rufus or Death or whatever it may be. You have to have those be, or even Napoleon, who's like a, just a stern character through it and everything. You got to have those then switch to be the color. So it's kind of like an inverted process where you would normally have you know the funny people as like the color side characters now they're up front and you have the serious uh straight men and they're kind of like the color for this movie it's, it's kind of a cool it's the whole fish out of water deal let me say something to you here because you know you just kind of pointed something out that just kind of really hit me you know you watch a lot of these 80s movies right mm-hmm. and really the the antagonist of these 80s films if you notice was a lot of fathers I mean, if you think about it, you know what I mean? Like, like it's always like this teenager and angst, you know, this type of film, you know, where, where, you know, the mother, they just get along with their mother and their mother's just, you know, back in the eighties in that time period, the mother's cooking, cleaning and taking care of the children, you know, that kind of thing. And where, where, you know, slowly in the eighties, you know, it was always, you know, the original main antagonist of most movies are, is the father. I mean, just, just look at Goonies. Right, like Goonies, the father was really kind of an antagonist, and the older brother was the bit. antagonist. The male, you know, father figure, you know, and a lot of these films were like that, where it was, you know, it was, you know, you're always arguing with your dad, and mom's just in the background, you know, kind of thing. Mom's in the background, and in TVs they were dead because you yeah. had like yeah. sitcoms like Full House and different sitcoms. There was there's a you know I, I think I watched a, a, a cracked after hours uh, videos yeah. and they were talking about how like all these moms and all these sitcoms were were just not around were were dead so you had yeah. all these dads having to deal yeah. with it. But yeah, you know, it's 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 having you, you that was the Reagan decade and yeah. everything. So yeah. it was all about, you know, bringing the that family back, you know, the 50s family yeah. where you're trying to and so everything was trying to rebel against that nuclear family ideal and all right, that. So that right. was the rebellion, the the kids rebelling against their fathers because that was that was like what was like really pressed upon the public right, back right. then. And and if you notice too is that, you know, a, a lot of times they do they do uh, you know, throw around you know, some derogatory terms that are not politically correct, you know, derogatory terms to, to, uh, you know, people of the, uh, that are homosexual and things like that, a certain you know, uh, word, I, which describing we say, homosexuals. That's a three letter word that we have no intention of, no, no, no need to say, but there's yeah. no reason to, but it was interesting seeing that because, you know, yeah, times have changed, and and you can't expect to hold actors or whatever to to things that like There's everybody those else ideals, was saying yeah. it, you know, back then and everything, you know. So, it's and it's interesting that you had so many, you know, very progressive actors in the new Bill and Ted movie, um, to where you know they they weren't too offended by the older movies to be able to recreate it, or at least maybe right, or, make it better or, and less offensive. Or even 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 you know Keanu Reeves, which I don't even know if Alex Winters is the one that said it. I'm pretty sure Keanu Reeves said it several times that three letter word, you know. And then even nowadays, he's considered like the most wholesome 
human being in Hollywood right now, you know, and the, right. and the, the non like has no scandals and, and, you know, went through a bunch of garbage, but still manages to do so much for the community and think, you know, I mean, just, it's just everybody's favorite actor, you but know, it showed really you the perception Reeves. of, because like in back in the eighties, like I said, with the Reagan decade, you right. know, uh, and you had the, uh, HIV, um, you know, epidemic coming out uh, strongly. So there was a lot of, you know, antagonism towards the homosexual um, yeah. uh, culture and population. So, you know, then it was just kind of that offensive term. Whereas, you know, now they've come back and, and uh, you know, because I think the actress that plays uh, Ted's daughter in the new movie, I think she identifies as non-binary and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I was just kind of surprised that you have some of these more progressive actors that were coming back, but maybe they just wanted to make it better, less offensive. Which, which we both realize that, you know, their wives in these new movies, in this new movie, is not the same actor. They're the actresses. different in every single movie. Si- uh, yeah, every single movie they, every have, movie they have different, different actresses. And uh, they have one, um, and what was she on, uh, um, what was it, uh, Bill's Wife? Um, Gemma, Gemma Hayes or something. I'll have to yeah, look it up. I, but, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, I was trying to, I was trying to remember what she was in. Uh, and it was some kind of, uh, oh, she was in, uh, there was an episode. Oh, that was right. There, she, I remember her from an episode of House and she played, uh, a, um, what was it? Was she, she played like OCD obsessed or something? No, she played a girl that couldn't go to sleep. That's and she right. She was. She 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 had ended up going to the hospital because she overdosed on sleeping medication because she just yep. could not go to yep. sleep. But I think I she had some kind of a worm or something like that. But yeah, her partner actually took her to the uh, the, the house and everything. But um, this movie was directed the the first one, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Deve- uh, Adventure. It was d- directed by Stephen Herrick, and before this, he, uh, all he had done was Critters, yep. which is funny because I was telling Drew earlier that. Um, I look at Bogus Journey as Keanu Reeves's, you know, Critters 3. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, he was in Critters 3. And that's probably like the one thing in his filmography that he wishes he never did. Or maybe he's fine with it because it got him out there. You know, it's, it was work, you know. And a lot of Hollywood actors, you know, it's like, look, I just want work or whatever. So, I mean, but it was just a real, you know, cheesy um, special effects and, and the practical effects. It was effects like Tremors 2. Right. You know, Tremors 2 yeah. as well. And know? in Bogus, in the Bogus Journey, we had, you know, the the, the oh, station and, and the stations that <sighs> blended into two people. So, uh, you know, we get back to that. But anyways, he had, before this, all he had directed was Critters. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, he's still getting... He's You're talking still about Ed Solomon? No, Steve Herrick. Steve Herrick. Or okay. Stephen Herrick. Um, but that's what he did. But, you know, after that, he did, like, Don't Tell Mom, Babysitter's Dead. Great movie. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus. You have, Awesome movie. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Holland's Opus, 101 Dalmatians, The Three Musketeers yep. with Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, yeah. um, you know, he did Rockstar. Which, which, I'm sorry, that that original one, that first one, I mean, I know they've done these characters. The Three Musketeers. Uh, like, th- probably a thousand times. Yeah. My favorite iteration of The Three Musketeers is the Kiefer Sutherland one. And it's one. mainly for that because I grew up right? with it. Yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, not Let's by Sting, right? It was Brian, Brian uh, Adams, all. right? It's uh, Rod Stewart, uh, Brian Adams, and Sting. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I always get that song confused with the Robin Hood, Robin Kevin Hood Costner yes, song. Yes, yes. You know it's true. 
Um, but I'm pretty sure the Three Musketeers is the Rod Stewart, Brian Adams, and uh, those movies were so good because there was it. nothing to it. It wasn't it wasn't a complicated. That was back in Disney's yeah, heyday it, it, where they yeah, were making good yeah. movies and and real. You know, it wasn't always geared towards children. It wasn't geared politically. It was just it was just a release movie. Hey. What you know? It's probably it not was one of the a ones story that, about what happened exactly. back then. Instead of put, injecting our world or our times, yeah. politics. Now, now do you like history pieces? I mean, because this is can be actually considered a history piece. You know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and yeah. Ted's uh, is a history piece. I, I believe so. it. No, okay. explain this to me. Well, well, think about it this way, right? The first one, you know, you you do get an introduction to like say Napoleon, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so you you get to know who at least who Napoleon is and where he's from, you know, and everybody knows him as being you know just a short general, but you know maybe a lot of people didn't know he was France or that he was general in ge- in general, you know. A lot of that it's like middle school history classes, like so, like you know they gave all their presentation at the end and all the different facts and stuff they were getting. It's like. That's all stuff that we probably learned in junior high, but at least these guys, you know. But what's sad about it is you watch some of these videos where these people go around asking, you know, grown grown human beings, right, simple questions, okay, simple questions like what century we're in, and they can they 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 said fifty. 50. You know, I watched a video that somebody came out and said 50. Bill we're and the, Ted was in the 50s? No, 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 no. I'm saying in general. Like, you know, they're asking the population just simple history questions oh, and yeah. simple, simple, you know, easy questions where, you know. And nobody knows anything. Nobody knows anything. History. But, I mean, again, you can watch this movie and find out at least who Joan of Arc might be or Napoleon or Beethoven or, you know, um, you know some of these, these, these famous people of history. Abraham Lincoln. I mean, I'm sure most people, if you're in America and you don't know who Abraham Lincoln is, that's problem but but you know like napoleon they said that actually uh at the very end when he's trying the water slides on for his battle plan that is actually a famous battle that napoleon had that he lost miserably this is where he ended up uh uh losing in life in general and he you got know exiled I mean? to that island where he died alone yeah, and yeah everything. well he was poisoned he was poisoned on that you know that every single one of these characters died had, violently had violently attacked except for genghis khan and beethoven well, they, well just because they don't know what happened to genghis khan and i think beethoven how did he die did he, di- he, he died of uh, natural causes was it natural yep. cause? I thought it was some kind of a no. Disease those or two characters were the only, or those two people were the only two people that they had, had that didn't have a tragic death. But yeah, you know, where, like where, Joan of Arc, she was burned at the stake yeah. by quote unquote supposed they Christians she was, and everything. Yeah, that that they she dressed she like a, a man and doing and, yeah, yeah, uh, all this. But that that's this is what I'm saying. I mean, you know, you you think that. Um, yeah, I mean, anyways, again, they they did choose some of the most famous. Uh, uh, Characters in, in our history, kid. Billy the Kid. Yeah, well, oh, he. I think he, he got. He, yeah, he got assassinated. Because if you watch that movie with um, with uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Josie Wales. That is was it Josie Jesse, Wales. That was Jesse James, though. Was it Jesse James? Yeah, the assassination of Des- Jesse James by, by the coward Robert Ford. Robert Ford. But I, I swear, no, I'm pretty sure Billy Kid got. He he, he must have got ratted out by one of his friends or something. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, and I can't remember what happened to Socrates, but yeah, I had heard that you know a lot of it had to. Well, do Well, think with, about it. I mean, Socrates is ahead of his time, you know, and and, and you know. Or how did he say it? Predicting. So, Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. Anyways, it was uh yeah it was directed by him and and and, and you know he could come out with all those and Rockstar with um with uh, Mark Wahlberg and all that kind of stuff and that was a horrible movie. He started going you know he went up with like you know don't tell mom you know that was that's pro- probably movie. a cheesy 
movie, but we liked it when we were younger, you know, The Mighty Ducks. Well, plus it had Christina Applegate, so what do you got to exactly, say about that? Yeah, you know? Mighty Ducks, you know, Three Musketeers, Mr. Holland's Opus, 101, you know, so then he started kind of catch his groove, and then, you know, I think maybe he lost it a little bit, but... Um, yeah, but I mean, look what's in his back pocket, though. I mean, you got, you know, Mighty Ducks, you know, stuff, classic, classic films, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, I, and I say that classic, but, you know, if you're in our generation, that's classic film right there, you know, that's, that's film from your childhood, you know, in our childhood, but... yeah. And you were talking about the writing and stuff. The writers, Chris Matheson, Ed Solomon, you know, they were they were part of a uh, they were part of a um, improv group, and that's where they wrote these characters. You know, they wrote it in a coffee shop on on like notebook paper. Yeah, and that was after they because uh, they had they had wrote and written this improv class, and then they uh, wanted to do this as like a sketch movie. And uh, uh, Chris Matheson's father, I believe it's Richard Matheson, but he's the one that wrote. Um, the Will Smith one about the vampires. I am legend. I am legend. He wrote that that book and all that. So it was very you know prolific sci fi writer and everything. Yeah. Wrote some other stuff, but um, that that was his son is uh, Chris Matheson, one of the writers of this. Yeah. And him and Ed Solomon wrote, uh, wrote this, and they wrote it, and and they played them. They played Bill and Ted in like their improv class. Yeah, because it was originally supposed to be a stand up where they just get yeah. random situations that happen to them. Yeah, and people bring up random situations, and then they show you how you deal with it. Yeah, and they took these that they created. And, and improv and they were going to do this movie where it was like a sketch movie like a, yeah. a scenario not live but as a movie you know like uh, what's that the movie 40 something 42 or what is it called uh, it's really hated by everybody uh, I think it's called like oh Catwoman <laughs> wait right right not Catwoman that doesn't sound anything like well, I thought everybody movie. hates that movie <laughs> like me no this, this uh, movie 42 uh, uh, was it 42 or 43 I can't remember what it's called but it was a it was a scripted movie about um, you know just you know what is it Hugh Jackman he had like a you know a scrotum and, and testicles <laughs> on his chin and on his neck do you remember that yeah or what what is it uh, that was the only funny one I thought that was that was in that movie that, it's a terrible movie what's that one with Ben Stiller where he's a superhero like he's just got rage uh, oh you mystery man mystery man that's kind of like a to me that felt like a skit movie you it, know what well, I mean it, uh, this one that I'm talking is movie 43 have you ever seen movie 43 no I can't say I have it's got a bunch of like it's kind of like Farley-esque you know the Farley brothers-esque yeah. as far as you know how gross it is and everything yeah but there's a whole I mean that, that'd be Something an episode about Mary -ish. too because this movie there's a whole the the way actors were manipulated to be into this movie is just insane because they they were able to go out and get like one or two people to agree and then based on that they would go around telling everybody else this person's in this movie so they everybody wanted to be part of it and then once they found out what this movie is they were contractually obligated to be in so it's like a like a, a weird pyramid scheme type situation it was it really was it was like the biggest scam in Hollywood like one of the biggest scams in Hollywood history but they had to be in it and so this just goes down as like one of the most terrible movies of all time and it's pretty disgusting but that first skit with Hugh Jackman <laughs> thing on his neck that was hilarious but that's what it was like supposed to be it was about, it was supposed to be about a bunch of sketches about Bill and Ted. And uh, Matheson's father, um, the author, had said, hey, you know this one that you have on time travel? You should make that into an actual real movie uh, by itself. And so that's how that got started. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you feel... Do you feel like they could have just done one of these movies and then just skipped the last two? I mean, do you think? Do you think it's still? I mean, I, I feel like it still would hold up, just the first movie. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, like uh, the the first movie, it, it's a you know obviously you know a lot of the effects don't hold up as good as you know some of the, like Aliens or you know even Star Wars movies and yeah. stuff. Um, but it didn't have you know a crazy huge budget or anything. I you know I think the story is a lot more tight in Excellent Adventure, and it's actually about time travel, bogus journey. They they have a little nod to time Afterlife. travel at the beginning yeah. when they when they brought like Faith No More and some yeah. other people in there and stuff. That was but, pretty cool actually. Yeah, but I mean you know that was that was it, and then the rest of it's all about you know traveling through uh, the afterlife. No time travel, uh, you know, at all except for like at the very beginning and the very end and yeah. everything. And so it was a whole new format, um, and which is you know rightfully so because the movie should be more about the characters of Bill and Ted because that's how they started well, out in those sketches. Right, right, and then at the same time you know it's it's not. There's nothing really stated that this is a time. I mean, I, I hate to say it like this, but there's nothing really stating that this is a time it's not like traveling movie. Back to the movie. Future, where you have yes. to have time travel. Yes, this this is not a time traveling movie. This is like a Harold and Kumar, but back in the '80s. Original, you know, Bill and Ted was the Harold and Kumar. You know, I mean, it was just an adventure of two guys really going here, there, and everywhere. You know, you have a bunch of different idiots like that. You you, you kind of wonder where it came first. Dumb you and like dumber the idiot duos like. Dumb and Dumber, you have these guys, you have Harold and Kumar, you have Wayne and uh, Garth. Garth. You know, uh, there's oh, there was another one I was thinking of. What was it? Uh, Dr. Evil and <laughs> Austin Powers. No, I'm just kidding. Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> no, but I mean, so you have all these, you know, these idiotic duos and everything. But I... Psych. I, from what I... Yeah. Gus... Yeah, but those guys are pretty smart. I know. <laughs> I can't wait to do I know. So I, I just, I just uh, the only reason I said that is just because, I, you know, it, it, if you think about it, it is kind of the exact same format, but in television. And, you know, and, and the we got to love those psych guys because, I mean, the, the whole production, I mean, they just bring nostalgia oozing out of their pores. You know yeah. what I mean? What people like about these guys, though, Bill and Ted, you know, they're just so affable. Like, you know, they're, they're not, they don't have like an evil bone in their body, you know. You, know, they, they, you never see him get mad. The only time you yeah. ever see him get mad is when Bill is saying, "Shut up, Ted," because Ted's giving him crap about his mom. <laughs> and we, and and I want to say something about her in a little bit. But um, you know, the, the the way that they they they're just so pure. You know, yeah. there, there's no there's no meanness they, or or evilness yeah. in them. And they still have dreams and 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 aspirations that they want to achieve. But like you said, you know, they're they're not there's they they don't have a, a mean bone in their body. But they still want to be, you know, same thing with successful. Wayne and Garth, yeah. and different things like that. And maybe you know, Wayne's a bit, you know, he he had some egotistical problems or whatever. But you know, so these guys are just like, and and that's how Hollywood always portrays, you know, yeah. idiots, right? Like yeah. like as they're the more pure, lighthearted ones. Yeah. So do you think Hollywood is telling us that you know intelligence brings evil? No, I think I think intelligent. It's it's all about the different types of you know the personality. You got an A type personality and B type personality. You know, because if you I, look in comic books, if you have a strong man or whatever, yeah. his his I mean, you got villain Batman is usually and Robin. a smart smart yeah. person. Sidekicks, I all mean, that that's kind of stuff. All, that's what Spider Man taught yeah. us is that technology brings evil. You yeah, know, because well, every single villain of Spider Man was brought on by some kind of mess up of science or technology. Or or you know, I mean, even even you know the whole term of. You 
you know, power, money comes with power, power comes with money. You know what I mean? Maybe so the I, smarter I, you I, get, I, you realize how evil humankind is and so that just kind of pushes you in that direction yeah or well, well i mean you look at you know comic books that happens all the time especially you know you get like the watchman you know where we had osmandius you know who was the smartest human being on the planet but yet he was willing to basically destroy the planet to to lower the population you know what i mean and and you know again that's what what it is i, th- I feel like you know the smarter you are the more you think that you know everything in the sense that you know, you could tell other people how to live. Unless you know, it comes in the form of like old wise mentors like Mr. Miyagi or yeah. whatever it may be. Then then you have real smart people who, yeah. uh, but maybe, but you know, that usually has to do with like life stuff, real life stuff, you know, a, a scholar of the world or whatever. Yeah. But I'm talking about like science and technology and getting into scientific things. That usually always in movies brings evil people. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if there's a commentary or if, you know, it's just kind of a well, no, you think, an assumed thing. I mean, look at it this way. You know, I mean, they, they were trying to push a little bit of that in the third one with Kid Cudi, you know, where, where, you know, they probably wanted to say, oh, well, you know, he's he's a rap artist. He's a musician. You know, he's probably not a genius, you know, and then you get to find out that they're showing that Kid Cudi is like this super genius physics genius, knows what he's talking about, time travel, all that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, you know, they're trying to break that barrier there. You Him know. and uh, Bill and Ted's daughter, too. Because as, yeah, as stupid yeah. as they are, they're like real smart when it comes but, to that. But, you know, you got to think about when this got released. You know, this got released in, uh, you know, they're in California, mind you, you know, so it's that surfer that surfer look, you know, who, who in the eighties, you know, we see a lot of that. I mean, just look at point break, you know, for instance, you know, and, uh, it's, uh, lost boys, you know, right near the ocean kind of, you know, it's a lot of surfer mentality and, and, you know, back there in the eighties, you know, that the way even the surfers lived, talked were, were like Bill and Ted yeah, talk. And even though they live in San Dimas, which is like an Eastern LA, yeah. uh, you know, in, in way Eastern LA, nowhere near the, you know, yeah. the beach or whatever, but. But it's 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 kind of ironic though that because you know you see this a lot with that that you know Fast Times Ridgemont High everybody's a, a hippie and surfer you know I mean and then you know this movie you know everybody's they're not they're obviously not stupid enough to basically make it to their senior year so they only have to pass one class apparently to basically graduate you know which is for some reason it's history and you think and, there was some cheating that got them as far as they did. Because they don't seem like they can pass Either that. Or the teachers were just like, you know what? Let's just. I don't want to see That's these people again. In movie yeah, things that we just have to. Yeah, accept yeah. We, we just have to accept. accept. But I'm sorry that the their final history exam was doing it in the auditorium. I'm, I'm pretty sure well, I never had any classes like they that. did have it originally scripted in a classroom, and they were going to have all the the people just kind of sitting on uh, tables and stuff. And I think they maybe even tried to shoot it, but they're like, this is not going to work. So apparently, everybody has their history exams at the exact same time and they all do it in the auditorium. <laughs> I mean, that's whatever. a lot. If you think about it, because that, they were in that auditorium for quite a while, you know what I mean? The teacher. And, and they got like, to do their report together. Everybody else was doing theirs by themselves. Yeah, which was very strange. But but again, it's one of those things where you just got to pretty much accept what's happening, you know, in this movie. You know, I mean, again, you know, you don't want to look into that, that probably that deeply. But so do you think the, the actual time travel thing was was cheesy? No, because like the they didn't overuse it. Effects. They didn't really like overuse it, and they, you know, I mean, they they did joke a couple of times, like, "Oh, let's go back five minutes and do this," you know, or 
you know, make sure we go well, back. I'm talking about like whenever they're actually in the tunnels and everything like that, going through uh, the, the, what they call the circuits of time. At that time, I thought those were really great, uh, uh, you know, CGI work. That, yeah, and they really actually, good effects. And they actually, I liked that in the new movie, The Face of the Music, they actually did the same thing. I yeah. mean, obviously it looked better, yeah. but they tried to make it look as close as they could to those circuits of time. And it kind of reminded me of string theory. You know, like yeah. all those were strings in in reality, yeah. and that's how they were traveling because, you know, string theory has become really popular since then and everything. And yeah. obviously, you know, people know more about it because of the Big Bang Theory. Is place the right tense for something that would have happened in the future of a past that was affected by something from the future? Had, will, have placed? <laughs> That's my boy. But I, I just thought that was kind of cool. That's one of the things that hit me. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's maybe like a string theory thing. Right, right. Um, so, so earlier you had um, you had talked about. Um, didn't you talk about Bill and Ted giving them giving one of the historical characters a good idea, or something, giving them the idea for something? Um, oh yes, yes, Napoleon. Uh, that that fight, oh yeah, the, the water the slides. Battle. Yeah. Well, another one is uh, is you know. Socrates is, or Socrates, as they call him, um, they uh, he's giving you know his little philosophy thing, uh, you know, there on the steps or whatever when Bill and Ted first show up, and he says the first part of one of his quotes, and then when they try to read it in the history book, te- well, when they try to give him the lyrics for "Dust in the Wind," uh, you know, he's like, "All we are is dust in the wind." And, you know, he blew the dust, and then that's when Socrates says, oh, like sands of the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yes. Right? And so you're you're thinking, okay, so Bill and Ted are probably the whole reason that Socrates said that. So basically one of the most famous, um, you know, quotes from philosophy and, and Socrates and stuff comes from Kansas's Dust in the Wind. Yeah. Which I thought that was pretty funny. It's a great band anyways. Yeah. So, and, you know, it just had different things like that. Um, you know, this this movie, um, not a lot to say about it. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, Rufus comes back and tells him that their music is going to unite the world and bring the world together. So they're always trying to write the song that's trying to bring the world together. And its audiences are always trying to look at these two characters and realizing how are they going to portray that? Yes. How are they going to come up? These guys come up with the song that's going to change the world. Because at the beginning of the movie, it shows us they don't know how to play any instruments. They want to get yeah. Eddie Van Halen in the, the band because they don't know how to play it. They actually don't know how you to know play guitar. You know what Eddie guitar. Van Halen said after uh, they, they quoted that, right? That? He said that if, uh, you know, not not actually speaking you know like truth per se but he said that if bill and ted ever asked him he would he would join their band that'd be awesome yeah that would be awesome but i mean like even by the end of the movie they start playing again with their new guitars that rufus brought them and they still suck i mean they they still don't know how to play it and then you know you had the two princesses who are just kind of banging on the drums and kind of hitting the keyboard and stuff and you know you get rufus looking at the camera he's like they do get better i promise and uh, so even by the end of the first movie, they still don't know how to play their instruments and they're so, supposed to write the song, you know. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty interesting. But basically, you know, these guys, you know, they're supposed to write the song. And, and if they fail this history report that they're about to do, then uh, Ted's dad is going to send them off to military school in Alaska. So they have to do something big because their teacher says, hey, this report that you got to do, if you don't get an A+, plus, you're going to fail. And this thing better be good. It better be something special. So uh, Rufus helping them out gives them the time machine, gives them the TARDIS, 
and uh, yeah. they uh, they take that through uh, they take that through time and collect all these different uh, all these different people. And of course, there's all kinds of real fun. I always thought like the mall scene was so fun when I was younger. I liked watching yeah. Beethoven do all the things, and uh, you know Genghis Khan going off with his baseball bat. And and did you see the part in the mall where um, where so- uh, Socrates? I was about to say Socrates, mm-hmm. uh, where him and Billy the Kid were kind of hitting on the girls. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Sigmund Freud? He had the corn dog. <laughs> so Sigmund Freud obviously is uh, you know he talks about you know um, the mentality and psychology behind sex and sexual yeah, desire and yeah. everything. And so very phallic in a lot of phallic, the things yeah. that he says. So, you know, I think he has like a cigar or something, but he also has this corn dog. And I'm just I was just watching that. And of course you don't catch it as a kid, but isn't it all yeah. you're like he's just like literally holding this corn dog up and it's like this big phallic looking thing. And then when the girls laugh and kinda of walk away, he kinda of drops his hand a little bit like the corn dog just kinda of <laughs> droops. <to him. laughs> I don't know if you caught that, but I just no, thought that was pretty I, funny. I can't say I have. I, you know, I I've always thought about this, you know, it's like you know, what what would it be like to be able to show, you know, somebody like, say, George Washington, for instance, you know, or even Abraham Lincoln, mind you. But, you know, be able to bring Abraham Lincoln into nowadays times and just show them how much their struggle really meant to the world, you know, however many years. And what it brought us to. What it brought us to, really. You know, I mean, you always think about it. You're like, you know, not that any of that matters afterwards, you know, when you, when you pass away or anything, but it does matter to the people that are still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just, it, it, you always kind of think you're like, man, what would that person just, would, would they be amazed, you know, like Beethoven coming back to see the music nowadays and how, you know, he's known worldwide, you know, millions and billions of people, you know, know who that man is, you know, and, and how much they changed the world, you know, and you always get a lot of this. And this was very, very lighthearted film. They addressed know? it on uh, Doctor Who. There's an episode of Doctor Who with Matt Smith's doctor. Um, I think it's called Vincent or something, but it had to do with Vincent Van Gogh. And the actor who played Vincent Van Gogh in that episode, um, Oscar-worthy performance. Really? It's a TV show, but he had yeah. an Oscar-worthy performance in this, one of the best performances that I've ever seen. Um, so he played Van Gogh, and Van Gogh back in, in his day was very depressed. That was depression ended yeah. up killing himself. Yeah, uh, that's how he died. Um, but when and he's considered to be the greatest painter of all time. Van yeah. Gogh is really. Uh, yep, yep. Wow. Uh, on on uh, mo- most people's uh, and, and and experts consider him to be the greatest painter. I mean, I know you got you know I'm not Leonardo an expert. Yeah. you got all these people, See, Michael, Michelangelo, yeah, and everything. And you know you got the system, but. You know, he's considered to be the greatest uh, artist of all time or uh, greatest painter of all time. And he didn't know any of that because he didn't became he didn't become famous until after he after he died. What was it like early 1900s, wasn't it? Uh, Late, uh, I believe, late 1800s or something like that. It wasn't too long ago. It's been within the last couple of centuries and everything. But he he was just he never got any work. His his work was very. I wouldn't say eccentric, but, you know, very – because he had his own vision, you know. He had his own way of, of of painting things, you know, like Starry Night and all that kind of stuff and his self-portrait that he did and everything. But anyway, so he never got to see anything, uh, you know, any of this. And he died basically penniless and alone and, you know, depressed, killed himself. Uh, there's the Doctor Who episode where they helped him out in his time. And at the beginning of the episode, they, they Bill Nye was in that episode, and he was like a, 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 a museum curator and everything. And he was talking about Van Gogh, so they brought Van Gogh into the future 
just to say, look, I need you. And, and because Clara wanted him to be, you know, okay, didn't want him to kill himself. So, you know, they showed him, you know, what his work meant to people, mm-hmm. what what kind of an impact he had. And he was just, the way he looked around and heard how Bill Nye was talking about him and he's standing right in front of him, he was just crying and everything. And it didn't change anything because, you know, it ended up, you know, you, you can't just change depression like that. No. But um, it, it was kind of a cool little moment. And, and so, so yeah, that's, that's what that reminded me of. I think they'd have, uh, they'd be blown away by the kind of impact that they've had on the world. Yeah. Well, well so with... With part two, right? We'll, we'll go to bonus, uh, bogus. Uh, it, I, I was I was talking to you about this earlier. You know, bogus is one of those movies where you you liked it, but you just really it didn't make enough impact to where you know you can actually really remember the plot of the movie. You know, I feel like like I know I've wa- I just recently watched the movie like yesterday, rewatched it, mind you, and. To, I still can't really even consider the plot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was so much different from Excellent. And like I said, I just feel like it. the the waters got muddier and muddier on each, you know, resulting picture after Excellence. You know? Yeah, they, they had, and, you know, I, for some reason, and I hadn't seen these movies for a while, you know, they we used to watch them over and over when we were younger, but, you know, I, yeah. I hadn't watched them in a while. And um, with, with Bogus Journey, I remember it being my favorite, but I'm pretty sure it was just because it was, you know, the fun scenes with death and, having, yeah. you know, playing the board He made that movie. He like really that. did. He really did with his, uh, you know, his accent. You can't really place. You know, it's Eastern kind of European. German it's bit. either Russian yeah. or German or also, you know, it's it's very it's very weird, but it's a certain accent. But, yeah, this, this movie departed a lot from excellent adventure because there was no mission. There was, there was very little time traveling. The only time traveling I think there was, was at the very beginning when Rufus was teaching a class. And then at the very end, when they went to go like learn their instruments and all that kind of stuff, um, it was kind of be like, Hey, look, here's the time travel. But we're going to talk about this now. Yeah. And so now it's more like kind of like a Dante Dante's Inferno or journey or whatever, where, you know, you're going through hell and then you go through heaven and then you have to come back to life and, 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 you know, uh, eliminate the threat or whatever yeah. it may be, but yeah, I I didn't I didn't like the whole hell and heaven scene. I did, I just it the whole I found myself just kind of like wandering, like getting on my phone and not not really being too yeah. interested in it. it. It's just a you know it's it's this journey that these guys are going through, but um, I think it slows down the movie a lot. And, it does, and, and like Excellent Adventure has a little bit of that in the middle of it, but it's a lot more tight than Bogus Journey is. Because because you don't really remember things like you know like in the first film, you know my favorite quote. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Yeah, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, that that was my favorite quote. But, you know, you watch the second one, and I, I feel like death was the star of that film because Bill and Ted just, the, we didn't really get any substance from them, you know? I mean, there was, yeah, they had to get back to the Battle of the Bands and, you know, make an impact or whatnot, but, but it was just kind of like, you know, there was no sense of urgency. Like, with the first one, you were just like, okay, they've got this much time. they got to get there. they got to get there. They're going to fail. You know, their and whole life's going to change. All the different things that the badasses were doing, yeah. as they called them, the the, the robots. That was pretty funny. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I really – and, and the, the, the fact that they were able to get that, it, it being, you know, when it was that they filmed that, because this is 1991, and they were able to get two different 
Keanu Reeves and two different Alex Winters on screen at the same time. Yeah, they're and, both you know, so goofy, but one was evil, like like their version of evil, and one one was their version of good. You yeah, know? but nowadays, like you know, it's easy to get you know doubles to yeah. you know you like yeah. the, Vink- the Winklevoss twins and Social Network or whatever. Um, but in this one, you know, back then, that or was- Superman with a mustache or with not without a mustache. Yeah, I mean, you know, jeez. Oh, but you know, this one, it was like it was that. It was very well done. There was maybe one or two scenes where you can kind of see like the uh, Keanu Reeves stand in or whatever. Yeah. Look a lot like him. But, you know, Keanu Reeves had the haircut uh, that he had at the end of Point Break, like I said. Uh, you know, uh, he had finished Point Breaking and, and, and came to do this movie, I believe. Um, and uh, I don't know, this movie, you know, it saved it at the end when, when I saw Primus on stage because I didn't realize Primus was in this I know, movie. I know. No, no, I, I said it straight and I, away. And before they even said the name, I heard that I heard him playing oh, and his bass, voice. And I'm like, bass too. and his voice, yeah. you know, and I was like, that, that's Primus. And they're like, yeah, let's give it up for Primus. And I was like, I didn't even know Primus was in this movie. Well, the gr- greatest bass guitarist, you know, besides my cousin Lucas, but hmm. the, gr- the greatest uh, bass guitarist to ever play the bass in Primus. is. Uh, so that's all that told me right then and there. I was like, holy crap. I, I was telling my wife, I was like, that's Primus. And she's like, she's like, who's Primus? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Who's Primus? I'll kill you. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, the voice, obviously, you know. But I mean, just the 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 bass riff right there it tells you who that is. But it, that, like you said, it really kind of saved the movie. And truly, I believe Death made this movie, and the bad versions of Bill and Ted is really kind of what what just probably kept this movie, um, you know, head above water type situation. Yeah. So the premise of this movie, you know, they say at the beginning. Um, you know, uh, what did they say? Um, the, the Okay, so in the first movie, they said, you know, the time of separation of is imminent. Which, like, as we say, with time travel, there are 700 years in the future or whatever. It's like, how can it be imminent? You're 700 years. Can't you go back anytime? <laughs> but apparently, San Dimas' clock is always, yeah. is always going. So uh-huh. it's like the one place in the, I don't know. But, um, so yeah, so, and in this movie, um, the bad guy... Uh, diplomatic immunity. Do you remember yeah. him from Lethal Weapon 2? I don't too? know how that old man could wear some boots like that and leather it was very like that. Darth Vader-esque, it like the way really he came did in not and everything. Suit that actor. But I mean, like every time I saw him in this the screen, I literally I was at I was at work when I was watching this. All work and no play makes Michael a dull boy. And uh, <laughs> no, but it was it was it was like this this thing like he popped up on screen every time he was on screen i just said out loud i'm like diplomatic immunity you know because that's what you know the guy from his lethal weapon too and i know he did a lot of other you know he did a lot of other things and everything but he's a, is he josh Acklin is yeah. his name uh, uh not josh but joss like whedon yeah. uh but joss Acklin. he's actually from uh from england but oh, he man. he plays a lot. He you know plays characters with you know German accents. You know, and he's, um, he's South he, African accents. He had to be at least what sixty something in this movie, right? Uh, something like that. He was born in like late nineteen twenties or something like that. But um, but, but yeah, the, the leather boots, the leather you know platform boots, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he, he just looked out. Yeah, like, he was in Lethal Weapon, but he was in Lethal Weapon. He was in Hunt for Red October. He's been in a lot of things. I just, every time I see him, all I see is diplomatic immunity, you know, from, uh, that's because I was a huge Lethal Weapon fan when I was younger and everything, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, you got him talking about their, their something like their, their second 
most you know their 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 second important point in time is approaching meaning yeah. you know the battle of the bands and that's that's when they were supposed to blow up is in the battle of the bands and get huge right and so they're like we need to stop that so basically the plot of the movie is they come in they take over the whole uh, little complex there that's in 700 years in the future um they bring in the robots that are bill and ted who are really annoying to this guy because he hates bill and ted <laughs> And uh, everything. So well, he uh, hates what they stand for. He doesn't probably. No, he hates them too. I think yeah. just because uh, yeah. they're Could idiots. Because <laughs> he yeah. calls them idiots all the time. Yeah. And everything. And so you know he sends them back in the past using the uh, the TARDIS, and uh, and Rufus was able to chuck a uh, yeah, chuck a guitar into it and follow them uh, through the time so he can you know help them out or whatever. So but this movie is about basically those robots go and they kill Bill and Ted like within the first thirty minutes. Yeah. And the rest of the time is about them going through the after life going through hell going through heaven meeting martians meeting you know these people who will um who well, will help well, them out well let's start because at the beginning they beat on that death. one that's what i was about to say well, let's start at the beginning on that one because the only reason they were able to basically make death their uh, b-word was that you know they were able to beat death 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 was like okay you choose the game you know this is kind of like the the devil goes down to georgia type situation you know what i mean where you got to beat him beat the devil because he was in a bind he was way behind he was looking to make a deal yeah there we go um but you know he they they play they start out with battleship you know that's the first game they play and they they murder death in battleship my My battleship. battleship And then they beat him in <sighs> Twister. They beat him in literally every single game. And it's it's like what were the uh, other games you played besides Battleship and Twister? Oh, what was it? Um, oh man, I can't even think of it on the top of my head. That's I just watched it. That's too. the problem with this movie. Yeah, it's just it's hard to re- uh, pull facts in, you know. But um, no, I mean, the, but they were able to beat him. And death, you know, death essentially becomes, you know a friend of theirs in a way yeah because these were luck games right you know death usually if he challenges somebody i imagine he challenges like sword fights or something yeah right but you know of course bill and ted being them you know they're they're gonna go through luck you know maybe the one type of game that death can't win yeah you know or or you know can't win for sure they they don't play them at chess they play them at checkers right I just, I, I personally think, you know, I mean, I, I love the fact that they use those games in particular to play death, and, and they were fully confident that they were not going to lose. I mean, that's just their attitude throughout all these movies, is that they're just... Well, they were kind of nervous at first, but then once they started beating them and stuff, they are like, yeah. okay, this is kind of easy and everything, and he just kept losing and losing. He's like, two out of three, and he's like, three out of five, yes. Yeah. <laughs> So they kept going, and he's like, "Fine, now, 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 you basically control me. You can do me. Yeah. What, you can tell me to do what you want or whatever." Yeah. So yeah, then they leave the uh, afterlife. They go kill. They get the afterlife Martians to to, to build them uh, robots, and the robots kill the bad robots, and they they learn how to do instruments. Station. Win the battle of the band, so. Yeah, it was. It's just I don't know the the. I liked it a lot more when I was younger, and it ha- I guess it had to do with the whole death thing and everything. But uh, that, that looked that that Martian looked like something out of Labyrinth, don't you think? Like one of the critters. That, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, are these Henson created uh, 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 animatronics? Because I mean, it really kind of made me feel a little I bit think like Henson Labyrinth would have done it a lot better. Well, you're right. Ones. But I mean, seriously, like some some of the characters in Labyrinth looked a lot like you know the same people did Labyrinth. And those characters, like Hoggle, yeah, yeah, like a lot of the kind of a lot of similarities, but Sir Didymus, yeah, yes, and we we've got to do a podcast we on did. this one, but uh, no, I, I just 
Station, you know, they made it right in the third one. This is one of the only things I feel like they got right in the third movie was they made Station, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, but they made Station right in the third one, I, f- I feel like. Yeah. Um, this movie, like I said, you know, it's it's okay to – you got to watch it to watch the third one, the, the Face the Music that just came out because it's got death in it. you got to understand, uh, you know, their relationship with yeah. – with the Grim Reaper and everything, um, so you know you had to get it out. There was there's some bit a bit more about uh, uh, <laughs> Ted's Ted and Bill's parents. So I want to get into Missy because she is. <laughs> well, hey, are we stepping into the third one? Because no, I no, think no. We should, I, well, well, this this will be a good transition. But so there's a character named Missy in this in this this <laughs> this, this this movie series, and in the very first series. She's married to Bill's mom now. Like 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 we said, that happened in the eighties. Um, Bill and Ted has no explanation of why they don't have moms. They're just I think they're gone. I think either there was a divorce or whatever. It's just their dads around. You know, or Bill maybe and they realize dads. both their kids are idiots and and they're probably not going to survive with or without a mother. So the mother probably moved on or something. Maybe you can get in there some with some kind of plot saying that they never had mothers and they've always just been time traveling. But, but this is this kind of goes back, back to the whole everything. father thing I was talking to you yeah. about because if you think about it, you know, like especially in the first one, you realize Bill's dad is. A a, uh, a dirty man, a dirty old man, you know. Well, yeah, and, but and that's that's where a lot of the humor comes. When, like I said, you know, when when Ted kind of antagonizes Bill, and he's like, "Hey, do you remember when I asked her when I asked her uh, your mom to the prom and stuff like that?" Whenever he asked, shut up, Ted. Then you find out both of them ended up doing that in the third one. That that they were saying they both asked Missy out. Well, they have two. They have two. So like, uh, they, they, I think she graduated two years before them. You know, yeah. and uh, so she married Bill's. Bill's dad and Bogus Journey the second one you find out that she actually divorced Bill's dad and marries Ted's dad (laughs) and then in this this third one uh, she actually you find out she had divorced Ted's dad and is now marrying Ted's brother (laughs) <laughs> who Which was the little kid in the, in the very first, first one. movie. Yeah. Yeah. What, Deacon. Deacon, Deacon right? was his name. Yeah. yeah, he was actually babysitting Napoleon for a while, and now he's like the police chief or whatever, but now yeah. he's dating Missy, and so she's just she's just hopping but, around. But you, but you, I loved that in part three, this new one, that how they had him, because they had already had him divorce Bill and married Ted's dad, so they had to put her with somebody right. else, just like another punchline. Right, line. but... but, but if you notice, you know, you kind of feel like she's going to be the rotten, rotten stepmother, you know, that, that whole, you know, not, not all stepmothers are like that. I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's like she was always flirting with them. Yeah. Yeah. That she's always flirting with them. Never take it past that. Yeah. But, but you think that she's going to be like some evil stepmother that wants to get rid of them, but you know, she's all about them. You know, she, she's, she's supporting them, driving them where they need to go. And yeah. Uh, all this kind of but, stuff. But she's, she's actually like a, a, a cool stepmother, you know, for them, yeah. you know what I mean? No matter what she, she did because she's a weirdo, but you realize that she is an idiot. You know, she she they obviously went to the same high school and had the same basically IQ points, uh, uh, you know, as each other. But you know that that third one, I mean, you, you open up in the third one and you think, you know, okay, after the second one, you, you get them winning battle of the bands. Ted's got a big old goatee, long hair. You know, have have what you think, and you think that they're gonna mess up on the third one, but you see they got. Ted and Bill on their backs, right? Uh, after the very end of the second one, when they're at the Battle of the Mans, they've got their babies uh, strapped to their backs. And yeah, they, they said, this is little Bill and this is little, little Ted. Ted. And, and, and they so, named them after each other. Right, right. But And then you get into the third one, and you're like, wait a minute, they got daughters. How does that work? You're like, okay, maybe 
this is a mess up or something. But you remember immediately correct it right away where they're saying, oh, it's Theo and and Billy. Well, it's yeah, yeah, uh, Billy and uh, Theodora or something like that. Yeah, remember we used to call them Little Ted. Don't you remember we called them Bill and uh, Little Bill and Little Ted and everything? So and that got confusing too because I'm like, okay, so Billy is Ted's daughter and uh, Thea. Is Bill's daughter because yeah. you had to switch the names. I mean, if you forget about the names and look at them, you can tell which one's which. I know? really liked that they made the daughters as stupid as Bill and Ted. But are they really that stupid? They are though. They're maybe not as they, but but not the same kind of stupid. I was waiting because you know how movies are nowadays. I was waiting for them to like be these real smart people that make their dads look like idiots, and and they're the ones that you know eventually do the music and all this kind of stuff. But they lo- they're the only ones that back their fathers, right? And know, they're, really. but they're just as like kind of like like just shocked by everything that's happening too. You know, they're just like whoa. You know, whoa, and and they're, they're yeah. so it's just it's I like, but they know they their music. Though. They know their music. They know how to create music. They know how to write music, and they know famous. I think uh, they, know to, they know how time. to write and like put together. But they're not like actual. They're not. I don't know if they're real musicians themselves because they even made a point of saying we just know where things go and how they go yeah. together. Yeah. So they know how to like put bands together. Not they're not technically like musicians or whatever, but you know they know like time signatures and different things like that because yeah. you know. And so, um, did you get the end of the third movie, of of basically what they were trying to do and going throughout time and give yes, everybody yes, yes, because this is the one. This is one of the only things I really liked about the third movie because they made it all about music. They made the, this movie was about music, where the first movie was really about you know history and and not so much a little bit of the music you know that they were going to change the world, but it was kind of setting up for the music for later. Where the second one was just really about, you know, Bill and Ted are w- will they be able to you know stick together and have the same kind of chemistry in the first one? Where the third one was all about the music. It was really all about creating the perfect song, using uh you know perfect artists throughout history. I mean, like I I understood and I knew pretty much all those characters. The the flute player lady, I wasn't really super familiar. Maybe she, I mean, obviously she was some sort of famous uh, musician. This is way back in history because this is supposed to be like in BC times and everything. Right, right. Like and that. then the drummer, the you know, drummer I mean, again. But those two ones, you know, you kind of wonder if, you know, maybe I could understand the flute lady, but the drum drum lady, you know, it's just kind of like, eh, okay, it whatever. Been, uh, you know, uh, maybe they know more about history than yeah. I do, especially ancient history. Well, well, and plus you kind of understand where, where certain types of music came from, you know, like drumming and stuff like that probably came from those countries where this, this woman was from, you know, and, and then, you know, the flutes players was probably a lot from, from, you know, these Chinese dynasties and these Chinese uh, countries you know, that, that were really probably where the flute came from in a way, you know what I mean? Then, you know, guitars and I mean, you get Louis Armstrong, which is by one of the greatest of artists of all times Mm -hmm. and music creators. And, and, you know, it shows at such a young age, what he created. And then same thing with Jimi Hendrix, you know, I mean, one, I don't know a lot about playing guitar and stuff, but I, I do know Jimi Hendrix has to be one of the greatest guitarists of he all is. time. Yeah, he's you know, bar one, none. one of the best of all time. But, you know, I think they they stretched the explanation a bit. Like, I get what they were trying to do. It was stated outright that, that you know, their music. They did, yeah. They never said Preston and Logan in the original movies. <laughs> they said their music would, would be the one that would reunite the world. 
Now, uh, you, I guess were they trying to pull a fast kinda, one on us? You can kind of consider it because really it was like it was their daughter's music because they set the beat, they yeah. sent the drummer. You know, this is how many beats per. There's minute no play. direction before, and then they told the Grim Reaper, "Okay, this is your bass line that you're going to play." Yeah. And then they had basically everybody riff off of that, Jimi Hendrix yeah. and and you know Louie and all that kind of stuff. So then it became theirs, but then Bill and Ted were all about spreading the music around the globe and figuring out how it needs to be played by everybody. So it did unite it didn't just unite the world. It united but the did entire they really world. Figure it out? It united the entire world over all times and all centuries and all places and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly their music. It was let's just say their family's music or something. That, Remember the wives are the ones that really figured out that they right. needed to spread it all over the world. So you know you kinda on, on your your explanation, you kind of look at it like Really, Bill and Ted, the only thing, yeah, they, they procreated and had a two daughters, but really, what did they participate besides actually playing guitar that, you know, their daughters had really kind of created the, the direction? Well, yeah, it. I mean, like, their daughters wouldn't have liked music if it wasn't for, um, not like music like they do if it wasn't for Bill and Ted. And, you know, they, they helped. They, they were basically the ones that went all over time and, were, you know, giving people instruments and stuff like that. So it was kind of like a Doctor Who thing where you're, you're spreading it out through all, you know, all uh, uh, space and time and everything. Um, it's uh, or, or like, you know, <laughs> what is it uh, like um, in the Peter Pan movie? Where you know you had to all these had to have all these people saying I do believe in fairies I do I do to bring Tinkerbell back to life and different things like that, so I don't know it's it's kind of it's it's interesting you know I wasn't too pissed about it or anything like that because I knew that uh, you know the thing to do nowadays is to reboot movies but then you and make take, it politically correct not only that but then you take away the prestige and and the lore of what came before it mm-hmm. and you give that to a new generation instead of. If you're going to bring in the old characters, finish out their lore and give the new characters their own lore, you know, their own Star thing. Wars. So, you know, it's it's all about that. And, you know, and, and it, it, I don't know. We, we can no, get more no, into I, that. I, I, I know where you're going with it. And, and I felt that immediately. You know, it's, it's again, you know, this is a very touchy subject and we have to be careful how we say it and what we're saying here because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I've noticed this with films and, you know, I know you have too, but, you know, they're taking a lot of our stories from our childhood and, you know, not just us, but, you know, people our age and and our generation, they're taking, they're taking our nostalgia away from us. I feel, you know, (laughs) in in a way that they're taking, you know, these things that we, we go back and remember these films and where we were when we first watched them and what it meant to us and, and how, what that feeling that it gave to you. And then they're taking that now and they're saying, hey, well, let's just uh, put it out for this new generation, change this, this and that, and then make it more accessible to this group of people. And then let's release it. And then it, then get upset when you get all these original fans of the originals coming back at you and, and critiquing you and yelling at you and saying, why are you ruining this for us? You know, this and that, you know, when when you just create your own thing, you know, it's like uh, people talk bad about, you know, the Reagan area and, and the 80s and uh, people from the 80s and people grew up in the 80s, you know, where they don't take an account where, OK, yeah, you, you, you talk nonsense about, you know, our entertainment, but yet you're copying that and trying to bring it into the new generation. Yeah. And it's it's. It's a thing where, you know, obviously they're not doing it on purpose and people will come back and say, 
um, well, you know, the actors have come out and defended it. And it's like, well, of course they have because they're being paid by these exactly. studios to make movies. And if they talk bad about a movie that they're in, yeah. you know, they're not going to be hired by that studio again. Or, yep. you know, you know, uh, Mark Hamill, you know, if, if it felt like they were and now he said this is not true. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to take Mark Hamill at his word and everything. But, you know, it felt like, you know, D- Disney basically had a gun to his head and say, hey, you need to take back those statements you made. Yep. Yep. So, you know, it's it's different things like that. And but it, it, I'm, my problem is is not having original content for this newer generation, okay? You know, get, let us have ours. You get you get yours now. You know, you you create your own. You create your own uh, memories. You create your own um, uh, entertainment. You create your, your own basis and don't get mad when we don't if we don't like it because the studios want to make money off of nostalgia yes you know and they know that they have they built, can make the most yeah, and they know they have built in audiences from those that, that watched it when they were kids or whatever it may be and so they had those built in audiences and then by you know then maybe they'll do a remake and then a sequel to the remake and by then it's fallen off because those people that relied on the studio to be faithful are now like look you're trying to shove all this other stuff in yeah. there that's not what this movie or that tv show or whatever it was was about and, and so they fall off and you stop making as much money yep. and then you just let and then that whole legacy you know kind of turns into to dirt yeah well as much nonsense as i i don't really like avatar but you know i feel like avatar is one of the last you know self-created we're in talking the, in about the last airbender no, right no no, no 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 i'm talking about the actual james cameron movie oh, okay. uh, avatar you know i i don't I like, you didn't it. like it i don't i don't okay. at all but think about it this way that's original content that is you know the creator and and the director and everything else creating brand new original content stranger things they stranger could, they things. could have exactly. made that as a remake of a show off of some off of the back of something else yeah but they took nostalgia from that but they created something new and Absolutely. fresh and it brought the nostalgia people from yeah. the 80s or whatever to that because mm-hmm. of the nostalgia but it was an original story so yeah. it's possible to be done yeah but well, it's it's lazy exactly i mean look, look how many times they're redoing you know different forms of ninja turtles and and uh you know dirty dancing and you know thank god they haven't tried to remake goonies i'm going to tell you that right now you know but i mean a matter of time. ghostbusters they remade that and it turned into garbage ninja turtles I turned like into the, garbage I like the look at the new one now the new ghostbusters yes Have yes you seen the trailer yes for that? but i mean they, that that's the problem what they do and you know it was good it was good but it, it just seemed like they were trying too hard too hard to re to to revamp the the original. Not even going so much to bogus because yeah, they brought death back, which was awesome. But you know the the newer one, it just it it's like they were trying too hard. I mean, even Keanu didn't even look like Keanu anymore. He, Alex Winters kind of looked pretty similar, and you know a- Alex Winters aged a lot more than Keanu did. You know over the years, you know. I mean, yeah, but well, has he though? I mean, I I think he looks dang good compared to his Bill and Ted days. I mean, I think he he does look pretty i think i would say keanu reeves more because this is one of the things that i was thinking about in the first movie you believed he was that character right yeah, in that age the way he looked and not only just the way he looked but the way his eyes were you know if you look into his eyes and, and the way uh his demeanor was and stuff he was really playing that and when he came back in bogus journey he had done you know like point break he was getting into uh what was what was the other one that he did it was um 
He had done uh, like River's Edge. Uh, that was that was actually before yeah. uh, Bill and Ted's an Excellent Adventure. But I mean, um, he had done Point Break. He was getting ready to do My Own Private Idaho, which was a huge, a huge movie for him. A very good job that he did in that movie. But uh, he had that. It, he looked more grown up, and it looked like it was a lot harder for him to turn into that kind of brainless stoner in this movie because his, his expressions. He he still did good, but you know his expressions weren't as vacant as they were in the first movie. As, yeah. as stupid as he looked, and in this third one, um, I don't know if it's because he's done so many of the John Wicks and, and the the, the uh, Matrixes and stuff like that. But he never had that like wide open, like vacant, like fun all the time. It almost kind of looked like he was. He had a scowl a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, like it was hard for him to put in because they were always so affable and just kind of like not a care in the word. Like they almost had a smile on their face the whole time. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. And that was missing from Keanu Reeves this well, time around. As good of an actor as he is, it was just uh, felt like it was missing this time But around. it shows what kind of actor he is and the fact that, you know, and what kind of person he is really because, you know, most actors, if they did a film like, you know, like Fast Times Regiment High where you get, you get uh, Matthew McConaughey. Can you actually see Matthew McConaughey coming back 25 years later and doing a film where he had to be that same character? I don't see him him even wanting to do that. Not Fast Times. Or Days and Confused. Days and Confused, I mean. But, but, you know, can you really see him wanting to come back and redo that character at all? You know, I, I just feel like he'd be kind of like... I Matthew think he would nowadays, be, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, just kind of that kind of character. I mean, yeah, you get, you get uh, you know, Ralph Macchio doing, you know, Cobra Kai again and, and being you know Daniel but again really what has he done since then but where Keanu has done so many blockbuster hits and you know especially with John Wick you know I mean he that's that's comeback kid stuff right there you know I mean he was really kind of going away there for a little while well he but had, then he did John Wick and it was just like bam there he's back again you know the, the, the Justified guys were talking about that um in their in their get shorty episode you know and that's true it's it, you know you have these actors who have their different renaissance where they come back and they have their different yeah. you know points with it you know like uh you know Reeves had you know the the bill and ted's and stuff like that and then you know didn't have a few and then in the 90s he had you know like point break he had speed johnny yeah. mnemonic you know all these different movies and they kind of went away until the matrix came movies, yeah. movies came back and then he you know he was real popular with the matrix movies and they did a couple others and he did stuff like you know the day the earth stands still and different things where he well one of my favorite downhill. movies that he's ever done was constantine i love yeah. that movie and but i mean that wasn't part of his like popular it well it, it was wasn't. kind of around the matrix time so you know he he was still a little popular then, but then yeah he didn't really do much until at least yeah. not he did obviously he was working, but I mean it wasn't like that huge Matrix type stuff until like John uh, John Wick, John Wick and everything. Yeah. Um, you know the last movie uh, it was good it was it was better than it had any right to be for being a not Agreed. only a sequel to uh, Bogus Journey but you know yeah. being that sequel that came thirty years later or whatever yeah. it was you know. Um, there, there's no reason for this movie to be that good at all. Uh, that being said, you know, I've seen properties be, you know, brought back and done very, very well. Yeah. Um, but um, this movie, you know, it's it, it was it was good. It wasn't as definitely wasn't as good as Excellent Adventure. Um, yeah. uh, but I, I, in my opinion, it's better than Bogus Journey. Well, we, de- we definitely got to talk about the station thing because I did mention it earlier. Okay. You know, with, with the third one, you get station. Um, Coming back basically in the form of Kid Cudi. 
And you don't find that until the last scene you see Kid Cudi where he just says, Station. So then you you go back to the fact is, okay, maybe Station has become Kid Cudi because if you listen to Kid Cudi, I love Kid Cudi's music. And he's just he's just very psychedelic, weird. You know, it's not maybe like he's classic alien hip-hop. in disguise. Well, there we go. I mean, it's just kind of like Men in Black where you find out like Bismarcky is an alien and a lot of these rappers yeah. are aliens. And the future of Bill and Ted reminds me of Men in Black. It too. really does. It really does. And even the character... The alien, didn't it look like some of the alien characters in Men in Black? Station character. Yeah. Yeah, I could. I know they had one like like blobbed. Yeah, massive flesh right. that was somewhere in the Men in Black. But they, then you find out Kikuti is, uh, which which I thought was awesome that they brought him along because he definitely fit into these these classic characters, you know, because. You know, Jimi Hendrix didn't want to do it without uh, Louis Armstrong. And, and, you know, you get to know Louis Armstrong and where he gets to see, you know, and where we begin, you know, they, they say how much he's, his music is meant, you know, like to Jimi Hendrix, for instance, you know, and how, how much, you know, that's what I was kind of getting at with them going back in history and figuring out, you know, okay, this, this character has really, really just kind of, you know, shown what what kind of history they've created and what, what what they've created for music and that's why I get back to this movie is just about the music and and creating the perfect song and they get basically some of the most talented you know I would like to see maybe a little bit more so on the rock side I mean yeah you get Jimi Hendrix but you know get maybe throw in um, I was hoping they would go with a little bit more of like the the the, the program music yeah. like they do and like you know a lot of the the hip hop and pop artists nowadays do. Uh, I, I was okay with it because you know you and I have never been huge bands of like uh, fans of like the hair bands no. um, and all that. Although you know in the first movie it was more about like heavy metal and head bands. Bogus Journey was kind of like getting into the grunge, you know, yeah. days and stuff like that. I mean that was when Nirvana and Faith No More and some of these yeah. other bands were yeah. getting popular and everything. And now it's this music, and I'm okay with it because I like electronic music and stuff. But you know, I want to see it merged with other things, which is kind of you know what they did with the you know with Louis Trumpet and um, you know they had that production uh, keyboard going on yeah. and everything like that. And then there's all the different instruments out there, but I don't mind that because in the very first movie, An Excellent Adventure, I mean that was the that was the time of like synthesizers and, yeah. and everything. Anyways, guitar. Yeah, and when they went to the future, there was that kind of like ethereal type of synthesizer yeah. type music yeah. back then. So that that was fine with me because that's like kind of how the future's going. You know, yeah. I, I I fear actually sometimes the future because like are we gonna have any actual real instruments or people that know how to play real instruments? Right. When you can just hit. It'll I need a G chord. And you press this yeah, button yeah. And You got a G chord or whatever. Yeah. I I mean, I felt like they did pick some great great musicians. Um, it really it really. You know, I mean, top of their game type musicians. I mean, I, and I love the fact that you know you had J- Jimmy uh, Jimmy Hendrix and Beethoven go going. Uh, uh, wait, was it was it Beethoven? No, it's, no, that uh, was the first one. Yeah, Beethoven. it was Mozart. I Mozart, think. yeah. But I mean, you had him going back and forth, and that was just amazing. You know, I mean, with him with the guitar, and then you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix with or Jimi Hendrix with the guitar, and with him with the the piano and everything. It, I just thought that was pretty amazing because Jimmy was pr- playing one of his songs, the same exact song he was playing on guitar. Now and uh, David Grohl, right? Yeah. Did, did you think that, <laughs> that maybe maybe like the actual 
song that was going to save everything by Dave, was actually Dave ripped Grohl. off from Dave Grohl, and that's how they got it. I had a feeling he like, is pretty talented. Like they though. were going to like like the way they were going to go with it is that they stole David Grohl's song, they used <laughs> that to save the world, and they become so famous that David Grohl is not famous anymore, and he ends up like living on the street somewhere yeah. or whatever, knowing that he's the one that actually wrote <laughs> the song that saved the I, universe I just, or whatever. I felt like it. The movie was great because, again, it was bringing a little nostalgia back from the 80s or up from the 80s. But at the same time, there were some really ridiculous parts like at the prison, you know, when they're they're these huge, just just huge monsters. And then the the robot saves them, but the wives save them. And 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 then you get this robot that is just uh, bipolar, manic, depressant, uh, same thing. But uh you just get this just depressed robot. You know what I mean? Like, like, it like it, he kills Caleb a bunch McCoy. of McCoy. Yeah, he kills it. Yeah, he kills all these people. And he goes, oh no. no, oh no, oh no, oh no. You know, and you're just sitting there like, well, like, I sorry get- <laughs> for killing entire family. And he's yeah. like, wait, what? And and then somehow he ended up in hell. Somehow uh, the robot did. And even and Bill and Ted like, didn't even understand. Well, they were like, oh, of course he's here. And then uh, the two demons or whatever, they're like. What was that? That's a robot. Yeah, a robot in hell. Okay. <laughs> you know, they just have to deal with it. And then, of course, bringing William Sadler back as death and having him have, like, this apartment with all the nostalgia. From, <laughs> for, and, and the only part that that nostalgia came from was the credits of a Bogus Journey where yeah. it showed that they got, like, real popular and then they had a break, a falling out with death Because or death wanted to steal the wild styling name and go off and, and what they, they had everything referring to his, uh, his skin tone, remember? Like pale rider, pale this, or yeah. too pale to cry, too pale or to cry, or something like but, that. Pale but, on pale, yeah. And and so some of this got a little ridiculous. Going. Now, I, again, I, I did love the stuff with death. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. But you know, it kind of reminded me a lot of Little Nicky. You know, yeah, the, the whole hell, hell type scene. Yeah, and a lot of it looked that. It like, did. The same it did. Thing as Little Nicky. Because it was all like rock and roll related too. You yeah. know what I mean? And and it just kind of brought me back to something that because Nicky had a room that he was where yeah. all the posters uh-huh. and stuff that he had up to. You know, played like, guitar, an actual like an yeah. apartment type thing in hell yeah. and everything. So yeah. it kind of brought me back a little bit. I mean, there was some really ridiculous parts that just kind of made me like, eh. You know, but again, it, it's a Bill and Ted movie, and, and they did try to throw in a lot of politically correct things, which, whatever. Yeah. But, you know. Definitely, you know, give it a watch. If if you're a Bill and Ted fan, uh, you're going to like it because it, you know, brings back the characters. And they're, they're pretty close to how they were back in the day. You can't get too close. I understand people age, and they change and everything like that, and uh, you, you can't act like a kid anymore or whatever. But... Um, uh, you know, it's 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 worth watching if you're a fan. If if you've never seen them before, uh, you know, probably go watch the originals with the understanding, you know, the new one's going to be a lot more, um, you know, better looking um, because of the age of the old ones or whatever. Graphically speaking. Yeah. So, you know, give it a watch um, if, if you're a fan. Uh, you know, I'd say wait until it comes out to rent. Uh, there's no no rush. It's not like a life changing thing where like oh my gosh they brought back Bill and Ted and it's better than any any others or whatever. Um, it's definitely one that you you probably just want to wait for. Um, but we enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Do you want to talk about your uh, trivia or your uh, oh your yeah, poll? yeah yeah well see I'm, I'm we're trying to gonna pose this question you know across all the so- social media platforms but you know we we kind of want to know what what you know, you guys' favorite cast of actors, you know, for whatever reason, mind you, but, you know, just a cast of actors where, you know, like almost 
every character does something to you know move the show forward or move the movie forward or, or really kind of make the movie better or the TV show better. You know, we, we kind of want to see where y'all's heads at when it comes to that question in particular. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll definitely say our favorites, but, you know, we kind of want to hear what, what y'all have to say about that, you know, on just mention it on any of our social uh, platforms. And uh, we've already asked the question on Twitter, so we, we will ask the question on, on, on all across the board. Yep, and as Drew was saying, we do have a Twitter now, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Post Credit. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at uh, the Post Credit Podcast, and our email is the Post Credit Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening, and uh, be excellent to each other. Party on, dude.